and welcome to the Aster Economic Review. My name is John Eckstein. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of Aster Investment Management. I'm joined today by my friend and colleague, Nick Porter. Nick, hello. Hi, John. Uh, we wanted to check in briefly about the state of the economy before we go to a longer podcast next week with the payroll report and with a Fed preview with Rob. So economy in a nutshell, I see the economy as still growing pretty solidly. There's no real signs of labor market weakness. Inflation might have peaked, but there's no sign of sort of speedy disinflation. And the Fed is still on a hawkish stance. Do you agree with that, Nick? Yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, I think the we'll probably discuss the services side of the economy is barreling along at a good pace. Consumers are still spending. Still this question about where the Fed policy the rubber meets the road and, and things just start to slow down from that. But in the foreseeable future, the calls for a recession in 2023 are way premature. Yeah, could happen, could happen, but we're not seeing any signs of it yet. Also interesting to note that everyone at Pennsylvania, Europe for a recession, certainly Q1 2023, and those pencil marks are hastily being erased and revised, um, and, and people no longer see even Germany being in a recession this year, which is much better than things looked six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can sort of layer the China reopening story on that. Of course, we've seen some pretty good numbers coming out of China recently as well. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've got sort of a pretty robust international environment for us to be absolutely. One of the things I do like to look at is sort of the Southeast Asian manufacturing indices and Taiwan has sort of fallen off a cliff starting the second half of last year to like, I think like a record as low as it was in the pandemic by September. And it's come all the way back and it came back a lot. South Korea is strong in the PMIs uh, as well. So like that sort of manufacturing sector is still looking like, you know, things might be more rosy there. Yep. But speaking of the purchasing managers indices, Nick, we're seeing kind of a sharp divergence between the services and the manufacturing sectors in the U.S. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the story has sort of been manufacturing below or around the magical 50 line, which indicates either contraction or expansion within that index. Uh, we just got the ISM services index today, which was above expectations at 55.1. That's sort of the, the aggregate index. And that was led by really strong prices paid at 65, as well as new orders at 62, so quite strong across the board, even compared to the previous month. And that sort of feeds through into what people are seeing and talking about vis-a-vis inflation, which is really the shift from goods to services. Yeah. And so when you look at, so they have a manufacturing series and a services series, look at the manufacturing series, it's at a level that is consistent with either a recession or at least a pretty significant manufacturing slowdown, whereas the services series is showing kind of averages growth. And that is the case for both of the, the series that we follow. The manufacturing looks somewhat weaker than, than the services. And as far as good news on inflation, I think this month was sort of no news on inflation, right? The inflation came out kind of right bang on expectations. People are still hopeful that there's going to be rent slowdown, making a sort of a structural 
downward move in CPI. I I guess I'm a little bit, I've been, always been a little bit skeptical of that. How do you see in, inflation evolving? You got any insights for us, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note that housing was about half of last month's jump in CPI, right? And so there's this question about where that component's headed. You look at sort of higher frequency or more real-time measures, there's a suggestion that maybe that's tapering off. But even if you look at what people are calling the super core figure, which Powell talks a lot about, that's core services without housing, that was still up 0.27% month over month or 6.2% year over year, which is still obviously very, very strong. And that leads into the primary concern, which is the pace of wage growth, even though they are negative in real terms, feeding into inflation writ large. Right. Now, you put a chart in our PM chat showing that job openings have, as measured by private companies, mainly by private companies, job openings could have peaked, so let's say, at the beginning of 2022 and are somewhat down from there, but you were sort of skeptical of what this guy was saying. You want to expand on that? So the, obviously the most frequently followed measure is jolts, and that tends to move around quite a bit. People look at it on a four-month moving average, but there's also these private sector companies that release figures and seem to track in advance. The jolt prints quite well, so Indeed has one, ZipRecruiter has one, and so on and so forth. Uh, and those have really started to decline over the past few months. And I think there's this hope that, and I use the word hope deliberately, that hiring is starting to cool. Maybe we'll see that in non-farm payroll prints going forward. And as a result, that some of these wage growth concerns will start to slow as well. Now, will that bear out in reality? It's hard to say. The golden arrow, the, the compass really is still non-farm payrolls, and we'll sort of have to wait and see. Yeah. You know, and if you do look at the different wage or earnings measures that we have, you can make an argument that they have peaked as well. Though, similarly, they're not plummeting. But I think all in all, I see the economy as still growing. There's a chance it's the inflation is slowing. There's a chance that inflation is going to come back. You know, it's easy to tell a bullish case for oil. And so, like, you know, oil goes from 80 to 110, and then all of a sudden we got a problem again. So I think there's a lot of, uh, there's always uncertainty, and we're just going to see how stuff evolves. But sort of my base case is, modest continued hikes from the Fed, you know, 25 basis points for a while, maybe even for the rest of the year. And I note that the cuts that were in the Fed fund futures markets are almost all, almost all gone for 2023. How does that sound for the Fed outlook? I think it's worthwhile to note that you and I have been banging this drum for a while that the market had not been taking the Fed at the word, right? That they had been pricing in hikes well below what the Fed was saying they were going to do, if you look at, say, the, what the, the terminal rate estimates that the Fed publishes, and that has finally reversed itself. So now the market is actually pricing in an implied rate around 5.5%, which is above the Fed's terminal rate. And Fed messaging to date has been more or less consistent with what they've said in the past, but you know, opening the possibility for a 50 basis point hike at the next meeting, as well as sort of higher for longer. And so now the divergence, rather than being around the level of the terminal rate, is more about cuts coming in 2024 instead of 2023. And the Fed messaging has really been that, hey, we're going we're to be higher for longer for as long as it takes to get back to our inflation level or inflation target. And I think sort of the interesting thing there is the market thinking that the Fed might be a little bit more sanguine about CPI or PCE 
a little bit above target, maybe around the 3% level, even if that isn't totally consistent with the Fed's mandate. And, you know, the Fed may be saying that, well, even if there is an adverse event or there is a recession, we're going to sort of stay the course until inflation comes back down. Yeah, I think that's substantially right. And, you know, just again, I mean, we've said a few times this podcast, like, I don't see the Fed cutting rates anytime soon without a recession. So I'm not hoping for a rate cut, frankly. Yeah, I agree. With that. And we will get with the next Fed meeting, which is what, in two weeks, we'll get new terminal rate estimates. So where's the over under for you? Yeah, I mean, certainly over five, let's call it somewhere in the neighborhood of five and a half. And I think that's consistent with the forward guidance that we've gotten to this point. Mm. They have been sort of lagging where you'd expect them, though. So I'm going to say more like five and a quarter. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. All right, Nick, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, John. And if you would like more information, reach out to your Astro sales representative. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Aster Investment Management's research and strategies, please visit us on the web at www.asteriam.com or stay up to date by following us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you. Aster Investment Management LLC is a SEC registered investment advisor. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only. This is not a solicitation to offer investment advice or services in any state where to do so would be unlawful. Analysis and research are provided for informational purposes only, not for trading or investing purposes. All opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and subject to change, they are not intended as investment recommendations.